When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Complex, and today is the day where we're going to be doing things differently around these parts, and you're going to hear a little bit of it as the episode goes along. I don't want to spoil anything, but as you see, I'm getting back into the swing of things and excited today to be talking to Haitian-American actor Jean Ellie, and he has a starring role in the all-Black streaming network television series, Send Help. He also starred in Issa Rae's Insecure and has a recurring guest role on Rae's latest project, Rap Shit. Now, his appearances on such prestigious projects like this has led him up to the Emmys as he aims to garner a nomination for Outstanding Guest Actor for his portrayal of Stanley on the Rap Shit series. Now, on today's episode, we talk about his road to the Emmys. We talk about the hardships of being a producer because he is also a producer on the Send Help series. And we talk about why Haitian representation should be an important part of storytelling in Hollywood. Now, if you like what you hear today, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Don't forget. And with that said, we're going to get into the conversation. But first... Here's a little sound bite from the Send Help trailer. I don't have time to audition right now. I'm busy. You all right with me? Yeah, I'm fine. Why do you do that? Skirt over subjects. Sure, I keep some things to myself. But what's wrong with that? We're supposed to be a family friends. There's something going on with you. I can feel it. Tell me to do better. I think it's time for you to take your own advice. I'm trying, bro. Thank you, Jean, for for coming on to the Scene to Scene podcast. I you've been really busy um, as of late. You have rap shit. You have Senna Help, and I know those are two two projects that are sort of near and dear to you. But before we get there, can you talk a little bit about? the trajectory of your career, like a little bit about where you started and a little bit about how you ended up where you are now. Okay. Um, where I started, uh, I started doing background. Um, like be- before, before even acting even became a thing, like a thing that I even got interested in. I was, I was working at a sprint store um, in the mall and I had on my way to work, I heard a radio ad and I decided to go pursue it. Um, was about, oh, be an actor, be an entertainment, come to this place. So I go to this place and turns out it was a scam, but it's it <laughs> piqued my interest enough for me to like chase. Oh, this. my God. I was just about to ask. I was like, was it five hundred dollars to join? Yeah, it was like five hundred dollars. You meet these casting directors and you go to this lobby in a hotel and all that stuff, all that jazz. And it turns out it was a scam. 
but it piqued my interest enough to like start pursuing. Right. So I started down the the background work. And then when my brother passed away, I decided to make the move to L.A. Moved to L.A. and moved in with this guy I met at Baggage Claim. From there, I started, I went to this, another hustle that scanned me was this Craigslist. I should, I wish I should a Craigslist acting class, which I should, knew should would have been a scam. Because <laughs> in a, it was in a mattress store. Oh, hell no. It was in the mattress store, but I didn't know nothing. I'm new. I'm, I'm Right, not right, right. So I go there, but the information I learned while being there was about LA casting and then also actors access and backstage. Mm-hmm. I used that information to start submitting myself to background jobs. And then I found my way into the movie Project X. Project X was the, my first movie. Mm-hmm. But then that also gave me the real harsh realities of real life in the entertainment business and how you can end up in the cutting room floor. Because I literally was telling everybody that, oh, I'm going to be in Project X. You should see this movie. And then not, it wasn't in the movie. Like, really. Um, then, like, times got tough and I wasn't, like, working as often. I was just doing background work. And I decided that I was going to start doing production work and getting into the production field of it all. Started doing PA work, did an internship for the Eric Andre show, which took me on tour um, with the Eric Andre show for several years. And then I pivoted to start creating my own content um, through Vine and YouTube and things of that nature. Um, And then I got tired of waiting for the yes. So I started creating my own yeses and started producing my own short films. First short film was Mia. I auditioned for a USC film called um, called A Gentleman Always. Um, then that just sat in the guy's hard drive for years because he was waiting for the uh, William Faulkner estate to uh, approve it to be a feature. So, and then I said, you know what? I started producing my own stuff. So let me take this on and start taking it out on the road. So I took it to Urban World Film Festival. And at Urban World Film Festival, that's where I sat in the audience and watched Insecure for the first time. Wow, okay. Um, while sitting in the audience in the in an interview afterwards, they said, can you see yourself on the show? I said, yeah, I can see myself on the show. And a year later, I'm on that show. So American Crime happened in between that and then Insecure right after. And then I've just been on the races from there. Um, Can you talk about what it was like working with Issa Rae and working in this environment that was sort of culturally sound, comfortable, familiar, but also a learning, sort of a learning platform for so many um, actors, writers, producers, and things of that nature. Um, It felt very good because like the welcoming was great um, on set because some of those guys I worked with as a PA. So the welcoming was great from the crew side. And then from the cast side, the welcoming was, was, I had a great welcoming because everybody just showed me love and you automatically just kind of like got into this like big bear hug with everybody. Like everybody just showed love. Um, Wade was the first person I met on set. It was kind of like going to a new school and someone was like, Hey, come sit with me. Let's talk. And then Amanda and everybody like that, Issa, um, Yvonne and them and Natasha. And the energy was just amazing. And then like at table reads meeting like Jay Ellis and seeing Sharonis, 
um, Prentice and Amy and all them, they were just so loving and caring and nurturing as well. And then on top of it, like just getting a, a bird's eye view of like, I could be a shadow on the wall watching Issa do her thing as a actor and a producer and a writer of her own show. I'm able to see that so close that I was able to translate that energy into my work as a show creator and a producer and an actor on my own show, Send Help, years later. Which Send Help happened because I on Insecure and a producer saw what I was doing. She loved what I did on Insecure. And then she saw the stuff that I was producing myself, commercial videos that I was directing. And she said, would you like to create a show? And send, that's how Send Help came about. Um, and I was like, yeah, I have a show actually. And started pitching the idea and then roped Mike into the conversation to make that happen. I was just about to ask you how you and Mike Goyo linked up. He, he if you don't know Mike, he has written on uh written and produced showrunner for Sun Help, co-showrunner for Sun Help. And he was also uh in the writer's room for Insecure and is currently in the well, they're on strike, but before the strike is, you know, was currently in the writer's room for Netflix's Ginny and Georgia. So how did y'all link up? So you had this project, you had Send Help, and then Mike came on. I wonder, give us a little bit of what that conversation was like. It was pretty simple uh, because Mike was, a, at that time, Mike was a writer's assistant on Claws, and I had just got booked as um, Issa's brother, Amal. And a friend of ours connected us on Facebook. It was like, you two should meet. You're both Haitian, American. You guys should link up and know each other because you both live in Holly. You both live in LA. So when Mike and I linked up, we became fast friends, even brothers, so much so that he's a, a bachelor, not bachelor, uh, a groomsman in my wedding. And we decided, we found out we had the same birthday. We're both from the same, same city. Uh, we probably grew up next to one another at some point in time, but didn't even know it. And then um, we just became fast friends, became brothers. And I was like, when the opportunity came and they asked, like, who do you want to write with? I said, I want to write with Mike. And Mike would be, Mike would come over the house after his writing, after being in the writer's room for Claws. And we would work till three o'clock in the morning. And then he would go back into the writer's room for Claws as a writer's assistant and then come back that night and work with me after I wrapped on set on Insecure or whatever job I was working on. He would be with me till the butt crack of dawn working and then work, go to work again. I would not get in no sleep at all. I just want people to, out there to know that this lifestyle is not as glamorous as you think. People are losing sleep and losing time with families to produce and do what they love. Yeah, man. And like, if it wasn't for Mike being there and I was just in the trenches by myself, I don't know if it'd be possible. But the fact that like Mike was there with me in the trenches, I knew that I had someone I could count on and rely on that I could like, brainstorm and work ideas with so yeah that's how mike came on to the project because he was in the trenches with me from the very beginning and how do you guys how did you guys use both you know your different skills to sort of make this thing work um you know it seems like partnerships work best when everyone is complimenting each other and i'm just curious to hear a little bit about that 
Oh, because Mike is very diplomatic compared to that. <laughs> uh, Mike has a way with words and a way with talking because he's also he's a writer first. Uh, I'm an actor first and then producer. So I can get the thing and get the people drummed up and excited. Mike will close the conversation and, 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 and maneuver the conversation if need be. So therefore we could get the idea across. We have such a great partnership that way. And when it comes to production, since I've had experience working on production and being on set for years, I knew how to run and cast, well, hire the necessary people on set to do the job. And um, Mike knew how to to communicate with the executives and the producers, the executives at the network on that level because of being in the writer's room for Ginny and Georgia and that, that experience that he's got from um, being in the writer's room for Claws and Insecure. Um, he's able to deal with notes in a way that I've had to learn from him. We go from Insecure and then Issa Rae creates Rap Shit. And you seem to be in the in the Issa Rae family now and you had a guest starring role on Rap Shit. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and the character? I play an amazing character named Scamming Stanley. Scamming Stanley, okay. It's really just Stanley. I just named Scamming Stanley because I run scams um, <laughs> with my cousin Maurice. And it's an amazing experience because it's another role that, not a lot of people see me in um, where I get to play this guy who is from the streets, but also very much about his family and taking care of his family by any means necessary. And even, even supporting his people that are in Haiti, sending clothes and sending things back home to take care of them as well. So, um, but he's, but the way he goes about it is not necessarily the cleanest way. Um, and he also doesn't take no shit from anybody, not even his family, especially because of the fact that he's working for his family. So anything he does is for the fam, but at the same time, it could be looked at as like, bro, you could do anything else but this. Um, but this is the way to solve everyone's problem quick, fast, and hurry. But yeah, there's a risk, but there's a, there's a solve. Did Issa choose you for the role or you were just like, I'm stepping up and I'm stepping into this character because, you know, this is something I could do. This is something different or. This is something different. This is something I could do. And Issa chose me for the role because she knew that I was Haitian. She knew that I was Haitian. She knew that. And she believed in my talent so much so that she chose me to do the job as I was working with her as her brother on um, Insecure. They've also, she's also, well, her in the network has chosen me before uh, to nominate me for an Emmy then. Um, so in the nomination round for Insecure to play, for playing a mall season four. So I'm like, she trusts me and she believes in my talent and she believes in what I can bring and the unique voice I could bring to the Haitian culture being first generation Haitian American. Now we're going to, we're going to get to the Emmy stuff, but there's a there's a really big connection that you mentioned before when you talk about the Haitian culture. And that seems to be something that sort of permeates throughout the work that you've done um, and the stuff that you've written, like with Send Help, for example. Uh, the main character 
is Haitian and that culture is sort of specific to the story. It kind of makes the the story and the world building sort of go round. Can you talk about why it's so important to culturally, to integrate your culture in your work? It's very important to integrate the culture into the work because there wasn't space for us before. And creating space and creating something that a kid a Haitian American kid could point to or a Haitian kid could point to like, oh, that's me on the screen and playing the different versions of a Haitian feels amazing to me to like to champion that. So like from starting from American crime, I played a Haitian coming in from Haiti to save my mother uh, from the abuse of the Cope family. In rap shit, I play a Haitian coming in uh, who's about supporting his family by any means necessary. And in Send Help, I play a Haitian-American who is trying to support his family by also chasing his dream, which is the hardest part for any Haitian to do because the Haitian culture does not really understand the entertainment industry. So pursuing something that's so far out of their... Um, their purview, out of the scope their purview or imagination for their kid because the idea is that if you when they come to America is that their kids are going to be a doctor lawyer or a teacher or engineer, engineer right teacher, engineer something of those that's tangible whereas something is so elusive as the acting profession or the entertainment profession so showing that we can be all things and that we're all not monolithic. And then also that we don't, it's these shows that I'm playing and these characters that I'm playing are not the stereotypical Haitian that you usually see on television. You know, so in their their family, they're about family, about heart, and they're about mental health and um, being there for the people, being there for the people, but also trying to figure out how you could be there for yourself because that's one of the hardest things to do as a Haitian American kid growing up in America because your parents come here, they did their part, and now you have to live up to their dreams, but also try to figure out what your dreams are as well. And and, and speaking of like dreams or whatever, back to the Emmys, I know you've been, you've had your name put um, sort of in the view of the nominating board for the Emmys for American Crime, but you mentioned before we started the recording that there wasn't very much of a campaign behind that. And now there's a real opportunity, especially with your role on Rap Shit and with Send Help, there's a real opportunity to get the recognition, not just for yourself, but for the shows that you were part of and the culture. So can you talk about why this is important right now and what an Emmy could mean for you? Uh, Emmy for me means not just for myself, but for others that it's possible because as of right now, I don't know or have ever seen any Haitian American nominated for Emmy. So me getting the actual nomination will mean like, Hey, we can do this too. Um, and it's a thing that kids or adults or my family could point to like, oh, yeah, he's doing the thing that he set out to do. And people are starting to recognize what it is that he's out here doing. So especially now when the time of representation is very important, 
especially in voices are not really being heard because now we're trying to go into this AI business of like diluting the voice and diluting the experience and diluting um, people's experiences uh, to cliff notes and catchy things that a robot can come up with, but not necessarily the heart um, that all these characters portray and the people that are behind the characters and the people that write these stories. Um, it would mean a lot, not just for me, but for other people to see that. So the goal is best supporting actor for guest starring role on Rap Shit and leading actor for Send Help. Can you talk about how the studio is getting behind you, how your colleagues are getting behind you to sort of make this more accessible and attainable? Well, I have people like La Union Suite, which is a popular Haitian blog um, for Haitian Americans supporting me. Um, she has supported anything and everything I've done. Issa has supported everything and anything I've done. The fact that Issa and Sharita saw me this season and last season of Rap Shit and threw my name in a hat means that they really believe in me. The fact that HBO is submitting me is means they really believe in me um, and my talent um, and what I'm showcasing. So that type of support is feels great, um, especially like people that's done it before, that's walked that mile before. But now it's like now people like yourself and people like um, the Grio who are reaching out to talk about what it is that I'm doing and that voice for me. And like the, the amount of press that Send Help got is phenomenal. USA Today, Us Week, you know what I'm saying? So in TV Tonight, Deadline, Variety, everybody's talking about Send Help and how this first generation Haitian American story, first generation immigrant story really um, is. It's uh, it's it's amazing. Man, I you know, one of the things that that holds a lot of actors back is, you know, having not having the right people in their corner to sort of push them to the next level to excel that to help excel their careers. And it sounds like you have the studio behind you. You have Issa Rae, who's a fantastic, well-known writer and darling of the Emmys, you know, behind you. So that says leaps and bounds about you, your talent, your producing abilities. And we here at the Scene to Scene podcast will keep our fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed, because we need, you know, blackness is a is a spectrum and it's a diaspora and everybody's story should be told because there's something new. You know, our skin colors are the same, but there's something new to learn from everybody. And then also what you realize, what you quickly realize in everyone's stories being told is that we are all one and the same. Um, it just may look different, but we are all one and the same. Thank you so much, Jean, for for coming on to the Scene to Scene podcast and being, you know, open and honest with us about your journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.